You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Michael, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. You know, KPP. Hi, this is the awesome, <laughs> illustrious Michael K. Eason with his shield of awesomeness that deflects all negativity. Throwing a curveball right out the gate. Yeah. Hungry for, thirsty for clicks, Michael K. Eason. <laughs> I'm a poobah. Go on. I'll be, I'm second this time. Go on. Whoa. I, this. Uh, what? Everything is collapsing. <laughs> I'm going to say and, like Cliff always does, and I am Jordan Lowe. <laughs> now what do you do, Cliff? It's not so easy, is it? I'm Mary Papa Jaw. <laughs> <laughs> is he cool? Is he? All right, guys. We're back. Well, well, I got I got a button to pick with you, uh, Jordan. Oh, I got a button to pick with you. I forgot. But oh. since you go ahead first, gentlemen... Okay, well, you'll be gone by the time I'm done. So <laughs> I'm going to have to hear what your problem okay. is. I heard that you mentioned in our private messaging that you thought... That's Jug- private. Yeah, well, guess what? It's all getting aired <laughs> out. That's for the Patreon supporters. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you mentioned that you thought Jughead's burger was a little flimsy. It was. Yeah, well, I have a problem with that. And on top of that, I noticed you wistfully looking at Cliff. <laughs> Did you watch that show? (laughs) The entire multiverse is telling you. Read, read the pig's blood on the wall, Jordan. How dare you? I need you to turn in your spider brooch and your HBIC shirts. (laughs) (laughs) It's time to start over and be purified. Am I not part of the Blossom family? You can laugh it up at Southdale High. Jordan Lowe, you're only allowed to wistfully look at me that way. That's right. We'll be here for Jelly Bean. <laughs> What's your beef there? Well, Junkhead was what needed the beef. He, you know, he's famous for these big hamburgers, just stacks of them. And it took the whole season for him to even consume red meat. And when he does, it's a little flimsy, like 99 cent McDonald's kind of burger. I yeah. thought you liked big buns. <laughs> I cannot lie. <laughs> No, uh, yeah, um, I'm glad that you spent about 20 minutes last episode uh, dissecting the difference between Hydra and Nazis. Right. That they are completely separate and they have nothing to do with each other. Right. Because this week's issue of Secret Warriors, okay. that just launched a brand new number one issue tying into Secret Empire, that made all this relevant, uh, Hydra... Doesn't like Inhumans, and they're calling them impure, and are <laughs> rounding them up and putting okay. them into camps now. Now, this is, now you can say that. See, okay. it was a lesson. <laughs> I just wanted everybody to know, you have to know when they turn into Nazis. Okay. Is this art okay. imitating life, or life imitating art? Well, I wasn't, I, my point is I don't want to defend anything they've done to Cap, but I feel like they got, got, people go a little bit overboard with it. Well, People have to realize, as much as we love all these stories, it's comic books. Yeah, people. Die. I do see though where where one, 
to argue the other side is I do see where this is our this is the hero. This is the guy we we look up to, and even he is you know a fascist now. And you know I'm kind of scared. There's some people out there who are like. Finally, <laughs> this is my Captain America. Well, again, like I think this is something Jordan and I kind of touched about earlier when we were in our having private message, our private conversations because we like this to talk private, private. Nothing is private anymore. Oh, you can't private, swing a dead private. cat around here without somebody giving out our private messages. <laughs> but when Jordan and I talk, we like to look at each other face to face, like make eye contact, <laughs> wistfully, uh, yeah. very wistfully, like Ex- extreme. Like Archie wistfully. was looking at Betty. That's what I'm talking about. But but on the comedy slant of things that used to be funny or things that were taken in stride because of things are so politically charged right now that if you're gonna give a speech nothing I prefer it in the Mario voice. <laughs> <laughs> we are living in a country that is so politically charged now that we can't make fun of anything anymore. Even the ethnic stereotypes. <laughs> I don't want to laugh with me. Me and Yoshi used to laugh at everything, and now we can't. So, but yeah, anyway, I'm not breaking up yes. with you, George. It's not you; it's me, Mario. Suck up my pizza. Anyway, let's get back on track here. <laughs> let's start Did the you show. Say childbirth. After all that, what are uh, we talking about tonight? We're going to talk about a bunch of regular old news. That is pertinent to what we are interested <laughs> Regular in. Regular old. And news. then we're going to end the episode and kind of tell you what we thought of Guardians of the Galaxy 2. So that's what you're getting tonight. That's a hot new topic. I'm sure that's people want to hear. <laughs> Nobody went and saw I'm it. sure they do. No, no. I want to know who didn't see it. I don't know. So let's just start with TV. And we've already kind of really delved into... Uh, some Riverdale. The conclusion. I didn't even know that there was a conclusion. A bonus, basically a I, bonus yeah, episode. I You're thought, welcome. I thought last week was the end, and honestly, I was a little disappointed, you know. And then all of a sudden, we get this fantastic gift of an episode that was just back to its weird self. Oh, I loved it. It hadn't been weird for a while, but it was it was not extra this, weird not at this, this level. No. Like they they kicked it up a notch that kid actually broke his hand in real life punching that ice really? I read, yes <laughs> i'm like that's what i want out of him john cleese <laughs> i mean it's ridiculous and they had many milkshakes it was great and they liked the color red so, so next year we're getting like twice the amount of episodes they're going to squeeze. Oh, in. really? Yeah, isn't that their full season? Because this was just a thirteen episode. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, thirteen episodes is more than a full season. You usually, get that's 10 a Netflix season. Yeah, so they're going to squeeze way more craziness. They tossed in an incest curveball right <laughs> oh, at the very gosh. end of the season. Ah, third cousins, whatever. <laughs> it's all fine and dandy. That mi- like that's it. usually like season three or four in the soap opera before. Well, what more can we shock them with? I know. Yeah. I mean, well, they, I thought they ended with a literal cliffhanger <clears throat> last week. And, uh, <laughs> 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 where, where does, where is Riverdale? Is it just a fictional? It's in your heart, Cliff. <laughs> I feel like heart. it's a town over. From Metropolis? No, just past Marietta. <laughs> well, the weather is. So funky there. They well, they Verona makes some 
Veronica made some kind of comment. Mm, well, that I read all the one shots and comics and stuff that laid <laughs> in. Where did Maple Country? At? She leaves New York City. Yeah. Cause they were living in like a townhouse or something in Manhattan and they drive, it says something down the coast where you were born. So it's somewhere northeast. Okay. Whether it's New York or Massachusetts or somewhere. Well, with the heroin epidemic, I feel like it's everywhere USA. Boy, you're a and real the maple. Downer. The maple syrup epidemic. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that was the real problem. Hey, I want to talk about a show. That I watched because you pointed it out on Facebook. Uh-huh. Superheroes Decoded. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. It was on the History Channel, right? <clears throat> yeah. Tell us all about it. Man. It was something. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Man. <clears throat> no, I saw no advertising for it. I Me saw neither. nothing about it until I was just flipping through the channels that night. And, you know, in 10 minutes coming up was this show called Superheroes Decoded. I thought, what is this? And it was a, a two-hour documentary on a Sunday night, and then it ended the Monday, the next Monday, with another two-hour part two, and narrated by Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman from the animated series. And I've seen so many of those. PBS did one about a year ago. They've been on several different channels. Every yeah, you know, watched them all. Just about every summer, a big superhero movie comes out, and they want to tie it in. And I was just gonna, you know, watch a little bit of this one, see what it's about, and it it really dro- uh, sucked me in. It was very good, very well made. It was the best one of these. I think so. I I I thought part one was way stronger than part two, um, because it. <clears throat> so for it, true blue superhero fans, why would they want to watch it? Well, I said it's not anything you didn't know. Actually, there were a couple of things. There was one thing I did not know at all, and there's one thing I hadn't thought of before. And for one of these shows to make me to yeah. introduce something new it was a kind of a shock. Uh, remind me, and I'll tell you what that was. But uh, yeah, the first part was basically you know the 1930s, the invention of the superhero from Superman, up to about maybe Vietnam. Yeah. So it was it, it, it for two hours they stretched it way out and they tied everything in really well to both pop culture and world history. Because every one of these shows, like, Captain America was a patriotic hero that the soldiers abroad really loved. And that's about as far as you get. But this one really went in-depth with the politics of the time, the psychology of the time. And they interviewed, like they always do, a ton of comic professionals. We get Stan Lee, of course. He's on all the shows. Uh, Jeff Johns was on there. They talked to tons of people. But they also talked to historians and psychologists and biographers, like, had a wider breadth of experts right. that they dealt with. And it was just really well done. Yeah, part one was basically the, the foundation of the superhero universe. And part two was more like the outlaws. And it went to the 1960s and the Marvel Comics counterculture to the rise of, you know, Wolverine and the Punisher and these, you know. Anti-heroes. Yeah, the anti-heroes and the outside normal status and. You know, when America was disillusioned from Watergate and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I thought it, it, it did the best job of any of these I've ever seen tying comic history into American history. Yeah, it, so was, I really it was really good. It made you think about just the fact, you know, we all know that the X-Men, you know, are symbols of racism and things like that. But they just going into that, it was the best I've seen them go into that. And then introducing characters like the Black Panther and how that, you know, that one, I don't know what the guy's name was, but the one guy that was on there commenting and just how big of a deal that was 
for you know African Americans to see themselves in mm-hmm. Marvel comics and things, and <clears throat> that that was it was just all really good. It made me I have had uh, Marvel the Untold Story sitting at home. I bought like three or four years ago. And so I started reading it this week. I've that read. is my favorite book on comic history. I love it. That it one, so I learned so much. Like these, that's a lot of gossip, and yeah. there's a lot of like, oh, did you hear about this? Yeah. But there's, it's a really in depth, very good. Yeah, I'm story. about a third of the way into it and just loving it. It's and it went, goes right along with this a lot of what they were saying on the show. But my probably my biggest thing I liked about that show was so much. It wasn't a bunch of movie clips. It was just like comic art, comic art, comic art, and so it it was really well done. Yeah, because they try to mainstream it very much. So, oh, the the origin of Captain America, and they show the origin from the movies, right? Rather than you know, yeah, the, I hate the, the, the Kirby artwork. <clears throat> yeah. uh, the two things was uh, one I'd never thought of the Batman Superman relationship. You know, it's the light and the dark, the sun and the moon, day and night. You know, yin and yeah. yang, whatever. But somebody on there said something about urban and rural, and I'd never thought of it that way, where Batman is the urban hero amidst the crime and the, yeah. you know, the inner cities, where Superman was raised on a farm, you know, with wide open spaces, Midwestern values, that kind of thing. I'd never thought of that dichotomy yeah. at all. Okay. And the other thing, they said, it was just recently revealed that it was either Siegel or Schuster, one of their fathers was killed in a robbery in the yeah. 30s. Which I had I never did, heard I did that know before. That. He was like, I feel like, uh, either he, he was, like it was a watch store or a shoe store. I can't said, remember. He, I think it said a clothing store or shoe store or yeah. something. He was working there and somebody came in to rob it. And I don't know if he resisted or whatever, but by the time they left, he was dead. And this was, you know, a decade before Superman was invented. And it said... I think it was Siegel. It said he never mentioned that. And, it, you know, people, where'd the idea for Superman come up with? And in 50 years of interviews in public, being in the public eye, he never mentioned that. And there are all these, you know, they showed a bunch of, you know, panels of, you know, Superman standing up for the little guy and protecting, you know, the, the, the lowly shop owner. And so it's like, that's a huge, <laughs> that's a huge moment. And, you know, the, dealing with, you know, this tragedy that, you know, should have been avoided when the cops weren't there to save you. You wanted someone, you know, as Michael said before, you, you look to the skies for someone to swoop in and save you. And it's like, I, I had never heard that aspect of it. And look how that affected to create that character and how that character has gone on to inspire generations. Mm-hmm. So I think it was streaming on the History Channel website. And it looked like there were some extra, like, deleted scenes or bonus clips. So I'm sure it's still up there and you can watch an excellent documentary. Well, let's be unfettered tonight and just skip over to streaming for a minute because I know you watched. You did, I was, like, dying. I was like, Batman oh, I'm going to wait. Uh, or is that what it's called? Batman and Me. Batman and Bill or something Batman like that. Batman and Bill. Batman and Bill. Yeah. Well, that just kind of related, so talk about that. It was all about the creation of Batman, and for years, anyone that knew the history of it, they always thought that Batman was created by Bill Kane. Bill Kane. Wait, who? And supposedly, it was always contractual obligated that it showed Bob Kane on everything created by when it came to Batman. And really, what he had created was like this very generic type character and he had hired, like, he had worked with Bill Finger to basically create the Batman mythos. It, it, 
you learn through all the details that really everything that we love about Batman was created by Bill Finger, and he never got any recognition for it. And it's this very like because like Batman is all about being a detective. The the guy that starred in his in this documentary, Mark, um, he went through crazy lengths to decode all these facts and like I mean he had to ter- be a true de- detective to see if there was an error of Bill Fingers around left to basically give him the justice that he deserved as being the co-creator of Batman and up to the and it shows all the ways up to the point of Batman versus Superman is the first time ever showing created by Batman Bob Kane and Bill Finger well, it wasn't just that we didn't know who the general public didn't know about Bill Finger. A lot of people at DC Comics didn't know about Bill Finger. Not till like 1967, mm-hmm. I think they said at a comic book convention, he was on a panel. It was actually the, one of the very first ever comic book conventions that nothing like we know today. But he was being, it was on tape of him discussing about the creation of Batman. No, I had always heard because Bob Kane came from a wealthy family. And knew lawyers and knew how to play the game where Bill Finger was some kid off the street just doing work for hire. That was always the story I had heard that, you know, Bob Kane basically knew how to write the rules and get his name on everything where Bill Finger was just happy for the paycheck. Is it so well, that's that? basically how they start out the documentary is like Bob Kane finds out that they're paying these two kids $800 a week on Superman. I can do that. So he finds out it's harder to do than he thinks, and he gets Bill's help, and Bill's getting paid for it. So you know he's none the wiser because he never really dealt with DC, from what it sounds like. So it was really sounds interesting. Like, it. yeah, it, 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 it was it was good. It was a little. Uh, it had parts in it that were a little bit slow. But. Yeah, there was a few dry parts on there, yeah. but overall, like it, there was a wealth of information, and it was interesting finding out the history of what happened after Bill passed away. Right. I'm watching, watch it. I'm watching a show on streaming on Hulu called The Handmaid's Tale. Mm-hmm. I've heard of this. Not to be confused with Netflix, The Handmaiden. Right. It is not, and there's no scissoring yet <laughs> that I've seen. Um, SNL had a nice little skit on. <laughs> did you happen to see the SNL skit on it? No. Yeah, they did. A, was it new this week or something? Um, it was with Chris. Oh, maybe I did. Yeah, see it. With Chris, it was one that had Chris Pine or Pike or yeah, Pine yeah. or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Pike. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> his last name's four letters, and he messed up. Why are thinking the whole even did, even the opening monologue of all the Chris's? <laughs> you still got it wrong. Um. Anyway, the the Handmaid's Tale's got. Elizabeth Moss, I believe is her name. She was in Mad Men. Fantastic in that. Um, anyway, it's a dystopian future. Not, aren't, aren't they all? Aren't they all? <laughs> so, so, are, are not so far, future. yeah, not so far from our own. You know, one of those things like where, what was the one thing that triggered this dystopian future, but where women are a commodity basically, basically used to, uh, bear children and, and serve us basically mm-hmm. and they uh but anyway i will it's it's interesting show really just somber and uh disturbing and depressing is great 
<laughs> but uh, we'll say I, one. It's it's good. I, I'll get, let you know when I finish it. I'm about you know I've watched five episodes. What was really interesting is the way they released it, and I think this would be a new good model of how to release these streaming shows because Netflix you know drops ten episodes at once. They just drop a season. What they did on Hulu for this was they dropped three episodes at once, and then every then they're doing one a week hmm. after that. So you got to sit down and binge the first three now, episodes. Do you pay the extra two dollars for no commercials? No, they're so short. Oh, it's you don't understand how much they don't, that two dollars is worth. I I sit there and think, man, I wish I had more than a minute to play on my phone. <laughs> Nope. Yeah. Like Michael's living like, on his high horse up there with no commercials. It's, a, it's I, so weird though, because like the shows that you watch, I know I'm completely. Please right. continue. I'll go back. That's a, I, I mean I, I get it, but I'm fine with whatever. Anyway, the I like the release schedule the way they did that. You got to binge a little bit, see if you're interested, and then. But I still like it. Keeps it in the conversation. You you don't just drop it. Everybody says, "Oh, what's that?" You don't have to watch them all. Like you can. But that's just it. Nobody can stop themselves. Yeah, I always feel like once I start one, I'm like, oh, I gotta it's watch not, it. It's not so much. I that feel obligated. You are correct. You don't have to. And he's over, he's judging us. I can see. <laughs> I just want to tell everyone, but. My yeah, I'm the one is, at the table who's only seen three episodes of Jessica yeah, Jones. And this how, is, that's this how is my problem. I, I can, stuff. I could do that. My problem is I am so plugged in to everything on the internet that when I get that, yeah, that if I don't watch it and they drop it all it is spoiled it's everybody else has seen it and I'm it's screwed. just like at night when you go to bed and you say I'm going to go to bed and you pick up your phone and look at it you don't have to pick up your phone you can just go to bed Next thing you know, you're lying in bed, and it's two hours later, and you're on your po- your phone. I'm living in a weird dystopian future where I'm the only human being with willpower <laughs> left alive. I'm yeah. watching all these people around me, like I, I'm not in I'm not in charge of my own actions. I'm like, oh, you poor souls, how can we save this world? Hulu and I will. <laughs> we are coming for you, Jordan. You shall join the digital age. Not if I can help it. Note to self, Michael sleeps with his phone. <laughs> yes. And I think we all knew. If we didn't, if we didn't know that, we all knew it. I knew. I put it under my pillow at night before I go to sleep. And I was going to tell anybody that didn't know or had not seen the uh, Mike Birbiglia's last movie. Don't think twice. It's on Netflix now. So where he's in a comedy improv troupe with. Oh, is that where one of them gets big and there's like yeah. this big? Keenan, what's his name? Keegan, 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 you know, yeah, I can't ever remember. Um, yeah, it's good, good. Uh, talk some comics. How can you read this? There's no pictures. Well, some people use their imagination. Well, I must hurry back to my comic book store where I dispense the insults rather than absorb them. It happens all the time. Read a comic book, okay? <laughs> there were comics. Okay. Something happened in Walking Dead where we're going to talk about this in the comics. Are we, do we, I don't remember whether we spoil comics or not. Uh, sometimes. It's okay if we don't. We don't have to. Well, there was a big death. Yeah, there was a big death. I always like to tell people, because nobody reads the comics that, you know, like, that I work with or something. They'll watch the show and I'm like, oh, they're, they're still alive. They've been alive for years and years and they died. Yeah, and they died so long ago. And that's what I've told everyone when Walking Dead 
first blew up season two, season three, whatever. They're like, okay, please don't spoil who dies. And I said, everyone dies. <laughs> everyone on the show in season two will be dead by the, you know, they've been dead in the comics for five years. So right. hearing a spoiler that so-and-so is dead is, it's very different in that than it would be in any other property. Right. But anyway, I, I read, I thought it was a really good issue. And Kirkman, you know, at the end was talking about it. I didn't like that. Okay. I didn't. Kirkman, he kills off a popular character and then there's no letters column. Just the back of the book, there's a one page letter from Kirkman apologizing to fans saying, you know, guys, I really love this character too, but it's just what had to happen in the story. And it's like, we know how stories work. Right. Don't like, apologize. Yeah, do I not apologize uh, I guess for that. I didn't feel. I guess. I guess it, maybe it was an apology. I didn't take it like that. This is another problem living in the digital age. Because he was going to get, get hate so mail. much yeah, he's flack from it, and you can't run from it anymore. Yeah, that's. I guess he was just trying to deflect some of that. I, I did like. I mean, it. it seemed pretty heartfelt. It was, yeah, it was, I, I think yeah. that's what I got from it. Was, and it helped he, mark how momentous this was because he's never done that before. So it marks that what a momentous me, death it was. Yeah, that's yeah. what it was to me was that it wasn't just eh, somebody else died. This was a main character, and you know, you he was because I, I you know was pretty into the issue. I was like, wow, that really affected me. I didn't think it would. Thought it was well written, and then for him to not have a letters page and take a moment and say something about it, I was like, I was like, okay, you know, that, I really got something out of that. And he was saying, I, you know, I don't even know why this had to happen. I just, it just did. It happened organically. And I was like, you know, you're right. I don't know why it happened either, but it, I felt like it did need to happen because I think the comic's been pretty stale for a while now. And then this rejuvenated it for me, and I hate to say that that's what it took. But I, I'm interested again. I feel like it cleaned the slate a little bit. I was also partly annoyed. I'll embarrassingly admit. I, I wrote a letter to the Walking Dead letters column. And that was the issue it was supposed two to be Two issues ago. Two <laughs> issues ago. And I was like, oh, I wonder if my letter got printed. And the first thing I did, I flipped to the back. I'm like, there's no letters column. <laughs> the only uh, letter I've ever written that's to, a, to, that's to so Walking funny. Dead. Oh, you got to apologize. <laughs> now it all makes Now, sense. I just, I had to write a letter because the character that dies was bitten in the neck. Mm. And the final panel of that issue, this person looks down and sees the bite. Is like, oh, no. And I was like, you can't see the side of your own neck. <laughs> and I was like trying to look. And so I wrote, I was like, dear Kirkman, I was like, gut punch of an issue, but I'm pretty sure you can't see the side of your own neck. And that's all I wrote. You just like, can't lick your own elbow either. If, if women can bend the way they can in comics, they can look at their own necks. That was, that's pretty good. I would have liked to read that, but. Well, speaking of comics. Jordan we has. We are. We are right now speaking of time. <laughs> Go on. Jordan has something on my pull list that I am dying to pick up. It was Renato. My what? <laughs> earlier. 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 earlier under, you were under your desk looking for some, some Oh, my dongles. My dongles. <laughs> my forehead dongle. Um, Renato Jones, oversized issue of uh, number one. It's like printed 11 by 17, full size. It's... It shows all the details and production of that first issue, and I am salivating to pick it up. And season two just started. Yes, freelance five issue miniseries. Can't wait to pick that up either. So I'm, I lo- I love that. Like if anyone is into anything that's going on politically, you should go run and buy this book. Yeah, I read that issue. Did you like it? No. 
I don't know why I even try sometimes. <laughs> I, I read it. I try. I was yeah. like, ah, it was just it was the exact opposite effect. Yeah, and I f- see people having that. It, it just caught me wrong. Yeah. But there's a lot of stuff like there's so much politics going on. I don't need. more I mean, of it. it's definitely like has its voice, and it. it's almost like yelling at you. Yeah. But no, it's not subtle at all. No, it goes right for the And throat. the second series is even less so. It's all about someone being elected president that he doesn't like with policies he doesn't agree right. with, and he's going to deal with that somehow. So it's yeah, it's even more ripped from the headlines. They're going to make a Dread TV show. Or, I saw I don't that. know what it's, whether it's streaming or TV or whatever it's called. Dread Mega City 1. What do you think about that? I swear I felt like at one time they were talking about it being animated or something. Yeah, I was just I, saying, I, one, I was waiting to see if you knew, cause I hadn't heard either way. I feel I don't like think there was, that's what I heard, but. But I don't, I, I haven't heard any details about it enough to make up shit, so. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> and. Boy, we're just skipping around here. Uh, this TV is a, this also. This is a free for, yeah, free for all. Yes, we're unfettered, I mentioned. <laughs> Sci-fi. Oh. Sci-Fi Channel is doing Images Happy. Did you read that? Yeah, the Grant Morrison book. Yeah. Not only that, but they're rebranding their logo again. Did you okay. know that? No. Yeah. Brand oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see that. I did see that. It's more of sci-fi. That's not, that works on audio. Um, but it's got that guy from uh, Law & Order. Was it Special Victims Unit? What's oh. Christopher you know, yes, that's who I saw in the picture for it. He's oh, in, wow. in like a hospital gown. Yeah, yeah, I saw the picture. Uh, I never read Happy. Did What's you? it about? I did, but it's been so long I don't remember. Is that a Mark Miller book? No, Grant no, Morrison. Grant oh, Morris it's the other one. <clears throat> and CW's got... Oh, it's a guy and he oh, sees yeah. a... Like, there's like a blue talking horse yeah. that follows him around. He's like an assassin. That's on crazy. Mind, yeah, I don't. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's talking to a, a blue talking horse. He might be crazy. Thanks for that's as me. much as I remember. Sorry, Grant Morrison. Which in that same article they were talking about Krypton. That sci-fi never released that trailer. Like they're trying. Like yeah, because I went to link to it from our last episode. I could not find yeah. the link to it because it had well, been taken down everywhere. Like someone leaked it out so it would get picked up. Like supposedly mm. leaked out. But because of it being leaked out, leaked out like that, it's officially picked up now. Yeah, that's, I saw that it was actually for real picked up. It was like it hadn't been already. I, yeah, that's like a Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever works. Hmm. And CW Black Lightning. Black Lightning. Yep. That's your next show. To yep. Add to my top ten. It's going to be on Saturday, I suppose. The only day left. Well, oh, it really is. So they're not I canceling. Nothing from CW has been nope. canceled. Everything's right? been renewed. Oof. So I, I don't know. I guess they're gonna. You know, we've got well, the Flash and and Legends back to back. Maybe they'll. That's what they're gonna do. With they the, have like, enough commercials on their apps, they can add a couple shows. You don't spend the two dollars to not have. There it. is no version of that, or I would. <laughs> because they have this commercial for. Um, oh. The guy that played the last Reed Richards in the Fantastic Four movies, he was in this short-lived... Forever? Forever. Ian Gruffold. Yeah, and I am so sick and tired of seeing his 
cold, steamy body come out of the morgue, and he's just standing there. <laughs> he's so nobody completely says nude. I'm so sick and tired of eating those delicious hamburgers. <laughs> 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 nobody says it's just like you twisted that right back. I'm so sick of his cold, steamy body. <laughs> and he's standing. He's standing in front of this like tray or whatever, and he's like, "It's a long story." Like, that's what at least commercials, they're the same commercial over and over again. CW just, does have a lot of CoverGirl commercials, thanks to oh Riverdale. Oh my gosh, and Every yeah. commercial break, there's a, not only are they in the episodes, but we get, you know, scenes of them making up the actress to look like oh, Betty. That, they like had Brian. so much bags under Jughead's eyes in the first half of that episode, then they must have used a little CoverGirl on him because they fixed him up once he got feeling better. Oh, let's... Let's do some movies. Save Martha! Puny God. I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. I'm Batman. Kneel before Zod! Under root! Said it yourself, bitch. We're the guardians of the galaxy. So what's it gonna be, huh? Long, sullen silence? Or mean comment? Go on. You got me in a box here. <laughs> Cliff, I have huge news for you. Oh, huge. You now have the opportunity to stay at the uh, Christmas Story House. Yeah, I saw that. It starts at like $500 a night. Yeah, that's wow. sweet. But that's you and five of your friends. <laughs> yeah, the rates are a little high. You, if you want to stay there like on Christmas Eve and wake yeah. up in the Christmas story house. I do. That will be. <laughs> I do want to do okay, that. Okay, that will be, that will be $2,000. I was going to say 2500 Yeah. See, it's on sale. $2,000. That's worth sold. it, isn't it? Okay. Sold. It's pretty, that's pretty Cleveland, awesome. Cleveland, Ohio, here I come. I knew you'd be in. Again. So it was just a museum and now they're making it a fully. Well, the museum is actually across the street. Right. Um, the house is has always been, since they reopened and remodeled, it's available for tours. So you can go in, look around, um, take all the pictures you want. It's a guided tour. And then the actual museum and the gift shop are right across the street. The, the owner, it's been so popular. The guy, I think he bought it, I think he actually purchased the house on eBay several years ago. And he, and he went in and renovated it and made it, you know, look just like it did. In well, a lot of it actually is modernized upstairs yeah, and stuff. Yeah. So where you would stay it would actually be pretty nice, a nice modern room. But, like, that, the living room is right out of the movie right. and things like that. So am, I, am I the only one who's never been there? Right, apparently. Yeah. I have you, you go there and you grab the leg lamp out of the crate and you mm-hmm. get your picture taken for your Christmas card. Yeah. It's a, a, it's a great. I mean, it, it's a lot of fun. If you love that movie, which I don't. I do. <laughs> I, do. I don't either. Yeah, I don't love it. Yeah, but I can go back in time before everyone's obsessed with technology, and I could live right. in the past. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'd you, rather go to the Superman's house. Superman's house, Fortress of Solitude. No, uh, isn't it up in Cleveland also? Like Joe Shego, Joe or oh yeah, yeah, they turned one of their houses into the Superman Museum. Yeah. I think. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't either. But you can't live there. <laughs> I bet you can't. I can sleep in the backyard. <laughs> pitch me a tent. <laughs> He'll bring his dongle. 
<laughs> but yeah, it's pretty cool if you if you've never been up there before. It's just called a Christmas Story House, and it is the house from the movie. Um, you can actually go. I think you can still buy as like a package. You can you can get your tickets for the house. And then go over to um, end your day with dinner at the Chinese restaurant, <laughs> and get the uh, the duck. <laughs> get the duck. Yeah, as as one big thing. So it's it's a lot of fun. That's clever marketing. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. New Mutants, Wolvesbane, and Magic were cast. We'd already heard rumors. Yeah, we had heard rumors about Maisie Williams, but then Anna Taylor Joy from. Split and the witch, she's pretty great. Okay. So the guy that plays Professor X, what's his name? Uh, James <laughs> McAvoy. McAvoy, yeah. Did I hear that he's not going to be in it? Yeah, he's not supposed to yeah. be in New Mutants. And we had a Dark Tower trailer. I do not aim at my head. Forgotten the face of his father. I aim with my eye. I do not shoot with my hand. I shoot with my mind. I do not kill with my gun. I kill with my heart. Which is mm. what it's. Eh. Mm. Some people are less scared about it than I am. I kind of got read this comment. I was like, maybe because I, I posted the trailer and then I was like sketched out about it. My problem is, you know, because I heard somebody say, oh, oh, he said, you know. Shoot with my heart and all that stuff. I'm like, you can't just throw around these phrases and think I'm going to get sucked up into it. Like, we got a pretty swell content, don't we, guys? (laughs) At least they don't say, well, this isn't your dad's dark tower. (laughs) I mean, I I do like the explanation, though, if you've ever read the books, that there is a way that this can be different and with the same people involved and things so it did work for me because idris elba's voice is so great oh he's great. You know, reading the oath i was like yeah that yeah, yeah. that was like so spot on right that it you know some I, of the I, stuff that didn't look spot on i'm gonna try to i just look. don't let my my thing is that it's supposed to be you know of course you always imagine it like a clint eastwood type character and i like idris elba so i don't I don't mind that at all. It's I don't like this steampunk look to it when I want Western. I uh, hat tip to Jared Lowe, friend of the podcast and blood relative. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he said he brought up the what is the most intriguing thing about these books is the world building. This universe that Stephen King has created, like, after the world has moved on, I think is how they phrase it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So it is a version of our world, but di- and, like, there's all kind of interesting things. And what is this trailer shows he comes to our world, right. which is not interesting. 
And I said, it's like the Masters of the Universe movie. Like, we, oh, it's Eternia. Well, let's be cheap and go, yeah. <laughs> go, you know, <laughs> you know, we'll get rid of all these special effects. And we'll just, you know, drive around and play a keytar. It doesn't work. So, like, I want to spend all the time in Roland's world. Yeah. And explore and see. I don't want him to come to our New York and I'm fish out of water. How do you use a, you know, telephone or, you know, like that's not interesting no. at all. And it's not, I mean, and that's not even, that's such a small part of the books to when they do that kind of stuff. So I agree. I want to see the other side. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. It's a trailer. You know, sometimes it doesn't cater to the real But fans. it just had so much Jake, who is not not the main character. No, it seems he's like an important character, yeah. but not the main character. It looks like they're not even going to include Eddie and Suzanne and all. Not that, in this. So. Seems not in this version. So I don't know what the plan is. They, I thought you know it's supposed to be other movies, but I think it's all riding on what this does. It, well, what I'm most worried about about this movie is that Matthew McConaughey is looking a little old. That worries me a little bit. That worries you. It does. <laughs> You're not worried about whether that's right for the character he's playing. You're just worried about Matthew McConaughey. I am. Who is on your bracket of <laughs> men you're interested in. Oh, and I'm oh, adding, oh, oh, what's oh, that right. guy's name? Steamy cold guy? Steamy Ian yeah. Drupal. I'm adding him no, to the list. <laughs> the only reason why I said Steamy is because he comes out of the tray. There's uh-huh. like steam coming off him. Really? He's dead. It's, like yeah. he should be cold. What? Where's the, what's the steam from? I don't know. I was on my phone whenever it's a those long story, Michael. Yeah, it's a long story. <laughs> <laughs> Although the other guy, I would. What's his name in the Dark Tower? The Man guns, in Black. Random flag. Yeah. What's his real name? Idris Elba. Roland. Oh, his real name. Idris Elba? Yes. That guy. No, Jordan. His (laughs) real name. No. (laughs) I would highly nominate him to be uh, John Stewart. On the list? Lantern. Oh. Oh, He's going on the bracket. We're jumping movies. Oh, yeah. I forgot the most exciting thing about that trailer. I had a Haysbert alert. Dennis Haysbert (laughs) plays Idris Elba's dad. I love Dennis Haysbert. It's like, that's so perfectly cast. (laughs) And people, and people are also getting excited about the potential of a shared Stephen King universe with this It movie coming out. And there's apparently a reference to Pennywise in the trailer. So I think that's got people's, they've piqued their interest at least. Have we mentioned It? The the fact that it's two movies? Yeah, I brought that up. But we weren't sure that it was all kids in one movie and all adults in another movie. And then that got confirmed. So I think since the last time we talked about it, we weren't sure, but yeah. Okay, did you guys ever see Edge of Tomorrow? That, I mean, ter- terrible title. That Tom Cruise Tom movie. Cruise. Dude, I know you saw it, didn't you? We no. Were on, I, actually, I, there was, like... We were on vacation and watched that. Either I watched a different movie you might or something, something happened, else. but I yeah. didn't, I didn't uh, watch Some it. people went to a different movie. I thought it was a girl's movie. <laughs> 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 I thought some of the girls went to a different movie. I don't know. Movie. I probably went to, I think I I went went. to the girls' movie, too, <laughs> The skip Tom Cruise. It's time travel. Ugh, Tom Cruise. He's an American hero. You shut it down. 
I, I never saw it either. I think Christy and I went back to the condo or whatever while you guys oh, watched it. Oh, you and you found this dongle. Because yeah. <laughs> Jared watched it with you guys, I remember. Because I know you didn't watch it without her, because that would have really got you in trouble. Yeah, you Correct. wouldn't do that. Wouldn't I don't do watch that. things that she wants to watch without never. me. That's, never. that's ridiculous. How many times has that caused you to watch Riverdale twice? <laughs> Not many. Not many at all. <laughs> Not many. Not many. Um... So, the only reason I brought it up, it's a great movie, first off. I keep hearing that, but no one has watched it or no one ever talks yeah, you, about you it. Yeah, you guys haven't watched it. I've watched it multiple times. Great movie. Anyway, it's they're doing a sequel. Well, first off, it's based on a book called All You Need Is Kill, which is what the movie should have been called because that's a cool title, not a generic Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. And then when they released... I would have seen that movie. Right. Yeah. And then when they were, it's, it was like a Japanese book. Um, and then they released the video and the box says live, die, repeat on it. And people thought that was the title. So then they went ahead and officially said that's the new title is live, die, repeat. After the movie has oh been out and released. And it's just so dumb. Well, anyway, they are doing a sequel. It's got Emily Blunt in it also. It's really good. I'm telling you, but they, uh, and Bill, Bill Paxton's in it. Um, but they're doing a sequel and who, I forget who did the movie, who directed the movie. That really bothers me, but he's really excited and says he has like, it's going to be better than the first one. And just anyway, if it's not, we'll change the title. This, this title is so bad. They're going to call the sequel. He swears live, die, repeat, repeat. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, are you for real? So that's the story. And it, sh- and it should have always been all you need is kill. Guys, we eventually have to talk about uh, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy 2. So is there anything else you want to cover? Let's go through some cancellations real quick. TV shows that were canceled as of this week. NBC's Timeless, Emerald City, and is finally confirmed. Powerless is for sure. Yeah, they're not even yeah. going to air those final episodes. That's I would like to say I was correct on what would happen with that show because it was on NBC. It'll move to the CW seed, and Heck we'll yeah. see a bunch of commercials for it. Right. Yeah, that'd be great. Steamy commercials. And then on Fox, we lost APB. Steamy Ron Funches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> APB is canceled. I never even heard of it. What is APB? I don't know. Making History, Pitch, Rosewood, Sleepy Hollow, Son of Zorn. I watched a couple episodes of that. I didn't know that was still on, Son of Zorn. Sleepy Hollow's been around for a while. Yeah. 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 Four seasons. That Making History, that was something to do, like a comedy. I watched a couple of those. It's basically a a slacker who works at a college, gets a time machine that's basically a duffel bag. And he keeps going back in time to like Revolutionary War times, and he falls in love with Paul Revere's daughter by bringing her like very bit you know he, like ham. It's like ham is so rare and hard to find. How do you have all this ham? He's like, well, I'm very wealthy. <laughs> <laughs> One if by ham, it was that two if by it was that Adam Pauly guy, and he's it was all right, but it wasn't great. We lost ABC's American Crime, The Catch. Dr. Ken, Imaginary Mary, The Real O'Neills, and Original Jesse Lamented Last Man Standing. 
Christy's been watching that Imaginary Mary. That hasn't been on for very long at all. Yeah, it just started. Yeah. Yeah, this was the first season. It's the, the, they have a little blurb about each of these shows on the article, and on that one it just says, we're pretty sure this was a real show. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, they don't know anything It was about it. Jenna Elfman. Yeah. My, how the mighty Elfman has fallen. True. CW loses No Tomorrow and Frequency, another time travel show. And Eight time travel shows in a duffel bag. The <laughs> final season of Rain, I think. I keep hearing commercials for that. Um, but, in good news, we did not lose Last Man on Earth. Will Forte. Mm. Anybody watch that show? I've watched a couple Bits episodes. Bits and pieces. It's I wonderful. Watched, I watched the first season, and then it was opposite Walking Dead, so I never mm, did yeah. catch it. And I, I know that's one you don't want to watch out of order because no. there's definitely a continuity. Yes, it's a great show. Continuity. Basically, that whole article you just went through, I got powerless. It's canceled. Yep. Yep. Well, I want to cater to some people out there. Maybe they want to know. So yeah, none of it. None of those were anybody's favorite show or no, anything. There's a reason they're canceled. I, I mean, I would have watched more Powerless. Yeah. Yeah, that's about, I would have liked to have seen where. That's it about it. I've never watched most of those other shows. So, okay, right. well, guys, looks like we're about to do a Guardians of the Galaxy two review discussion here, and we're going to spoil it. So, if you didn't see it, you must have been under a rock. Insert awesome mix volume two. Yes, I want to hear a little Mister Blue Sky starting now. I hate it's, to break it to you guys. None of you have hair like Kurt Russell. So <laughs> trying to that, boogie down and your hair's not going to flow like that. So true. I got it on the sides, man. Just not on the top. It's funny because we were in the car the other day, Christy and I, and we were talking about the movie. And she's like, what song was playing when when Baby Groot was dancing? I was like, it's Mr. Blue Sky. And I was like, I could, I could go through the scene by what was playing at that time. So, tell us all about it. What'd you Two love fins about? up. Two fins up from... Two fins up. Not ten fingers and ten toes. Two fins. I thought it was pretty great. Well, we had Guardians of the Galaxy 1 was our greatest comic book movie, the modern age of all time. After, you know. Well, this, this is a strange movie because I loved number one so much. Number two, I really enjoyed... But I didn't feel like it topped number one. However, the more time that has gone on and the more that I have thought about it, I like it even more now. Like, I want to go see it again. Like, I would say it's on par with the first one. I think of all of us, Cliff probably likes this movie, the original, yeah. the best. Yeah, I do. He had it highest on his list. Mm-hmm. I, but we all had it pretty high. Yeah, you, you must have had the highest expectations going yeah. into it. I. I I don't have I never read Guardians of the Galaxy as a comic You don't have to for this movie Right <laughs> And therefore going When I watched 1 and 2 It's very much I don't have expectations for it I don't have I don't fanboy out for it And the fact that I'm picking it apart Or going oh that's that guy And this is going to happen here And all this stuff I just I don't I just watch the movie In pure enjoyment Um the second one, I, 
I don't. I, I was trying to figure out if I liked it as much as the first one, which is you know, anytime there's a sequel, it's hard to hard to really say. Oh, two is better unless we're talking Empire Strikes Back. Um, but yeah, I thought it was <laughs> like I just blank. That is that's lo- well known. Yep. Corn Cliff. This fact. is the law. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I thought it was very on par with the first one. Uh, the the music was great again. Um, maybe even flowed with the movie a little better than the first soundtrack did, which uh, I thought was virtually impossible. But as a movie, it's a beautiful movie. Like I, I don't know if it was the it, I don't know what you call because it it's so much CGI. But the if it's the director, it's called. It's called. Or I, someone has seen. Uh, Superman versus Batman may not know this word, but it's called color. <laughs> yeah, and the color palette that, that that whoever is responsible for uh, the one that they used was great. I love the purples and the blues and the oranges. Um, it just looked. It was a beautiful movie. Basically, and, you're getting to see J- what James Gunn showing you what he wants us to see, and like. I, that must be so satisfying to him to get to make a movie like that and just say, I'm going to make this the most fun and beautiful movie, <laughs> weird way I want it, and everybody's going to love it. Kurt Russell was... He did of, way better than I expected yeah, him to top do. of his game, Kurt Russell. <laughs> Should um, be on currency, Kurt Russell. Yes. What dollar bill did we decide? <laughs> I don't remember. That was way back. <laughs> To the archives. Um, but I thought, you know, none of the characters annoyed me. I thought they all got um, pretty equal attention. I thought Star there could have been a little bit more Star-Lord, just as the leader, the star of... Well, we certainly got to see Chris Pratt's face a lot more in this movie than the other one. Like, yeah, he barely he ever a, put yeah. his mask on. Yeah. Well, I mean, the problem is he's got the best mask in the biz. And then they want to show the star's face. I'm like, I like the mask. That is a cool looking mask. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I was going into it. I thought, oh, this is it's going to be way too much baby group, and he's going to be annoying, and they're going to shove it down our throat. But I didn't get that feeling. I mean, I just thought baby well, group. I did think of you guys because what's that rule about if there's a you see a bullet in the first scene? That. Chekhov's gun okay. is what you're talking about, I believe. Yeah, that was immediately the whole thing with the batteries. Like, I saw him picking up the batteries and still, Rocket Raccoon still in the batteries. And I was like, there's going to be something to do with these batteries. And, of course, as it plays out. But so I, I thought about you guys on that. The one thing that I didn't like at first and I was really worried about was Drax was laughing way too much. Like, for the first 20, 40 minutes, like, it just seemed like he was constantly laughing. Well, you have to remember, excessively. this is a B movie. It's made to be a B movie. It's not, that's, at its core, what it is. And that's what I love about it. It's I love B movies. I'll say what I, I, I don't know about all that, but I will, will say the, uh, the Drax stuff, I gave a little leeway because we already saw a lot of this in the trailers. So it feels like he sure is laughing a lot. Because I didn't. Okay, well, you've we've. Well, I, I didn't was, watch the trailers just for exactly that. Reason. We've already seen some of that; those comments he's made and laughing hysterically, and you know, so it does seem like it's more than there was. I think. Yeah, I avoided 
Yeah, they were advertising this movie for a month leading up to it. Uh, boom, I would mute the remote. I didn't watch... I watched that first teaser, I think, that was just music. And yeah. I showed a couple scenes, and I never watched any of the trailers. I didn't see any of the commercials. I didn't watch any of the late-night talk show appearances. So I was as fresh as a human can be in this day and age going into a movie. And I, yeah, I thought it was great. I, I had that same feeling Michael did, though, that... I, I didn't love the first one as much as some of the other people. I really, really liked it. But going into the second one, that first 20 minutes, it was, let's have Groot dance around the whole time, because that's what people loved in the first one. And everyone thought Drax was hilarious and stole the show in the first one, so we'll give him a, a joke every time he opens his mouth. And it's like, I thought, am I in for two hours of this? And I was really worried. And then Kurt Russell showed up, man. We were all good. <laughs> like, yeah. From then on, and that, and like the last half hour just blew me away. I just, I loved how it ramped up to everything, like the action and everything was amazing. But I was very worried to, to start the movie. I don't know if you can ever have anything I, more spectacular yeah. than Kurt Russell riding a spaceship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I, I'm pretty sure I made a point of saying within the last few months that I was really worried about Baby Groot. That I, I did not like it. I was gonna hate it, in fact. Because once they introduced that in the previews, I was like, that is for the kids. This is for, um, selling toys. I'm gonna hate it. I am Jar Jar. Right. I was, I was not into that at all. And then the laughing Drax, I'm like, okay, I was just like you, I was like, this is gonna be, like, terrible. The first movie, I, when I saw it in the theater, I thought it was good, but I didn't wasn't over barrel about it. Well, then I watched it again because everybody loved it, and I, you know, I watched it again on video, and I I loved it a lot more, and I ranked it really high on our our list. Definitely, it was in my top five, and and yeah, I I, I love the first one. I like this one better, mm-hmm. and the reason it, for me it's better is because of all the relationships. They ramped that up, and I'm a sucker for all that. Yeah. I loved all that. The stuff with Yondo, and, I mean, come on. I could see it going there. I could use more flashbacks of him raising Peter, you know, just like of all of that. crawling in tight spaces. Yeah, I, I mean, just any... <laughs> well, because they say that, like... He made it weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, they say that, like, three or four times, know, like... Yeah. They don't say it like that. <laughs> not, not with that inflection. Um, but what I... The thing I, I like to... You know, the whole... I mean, I actually... My eyes welled up when Peter said, you shouldn't have done that to my mom and stuff. Like, it makes me like get emotional just to think about. That was so well done. Yeah, there's not really a moment like that in the first one. No, there isn't. There is one moment. I'll tell you in a second. But the, the, what, like you said that last half hour, so many of these movies in the last, it becomes just some big, like, gosh, X-Men Apocalypse is the example I will always go to as the stakes being so too high that nothing matters. Mm -hmm. And this was, the stakes were pretty high, but you couldn't have done it better. I mean, it was so good and gorgeous, like you say, Cliff. And, Emotional. Everybody has emotional stakes in this. And besides the fact the sisters and, you know, Peter and his two fathers going on and Rocket's all just like 
you know, messed up and worried about everybody. And the biggest thing tying all of that together goes back to the one emotional moment in the first movie when Groot has to save them mm-hmm. and wraps himself around the ship and says, we are Groot. It's the only time he says something different and then explodes in a million pieces and saves them. And one reason I didn't, that I was skeptical of this movie for the last couple of years was an interview with Kevin Feige that I had read where he said, he was asked about Groot and what's, you know, cause they, at the end of the movie, we saw baby Groot and what's going on? Who, what, how's this work? And he's like, Oh, it's him. And he, he's, you know, going to act like a child now, but he's, he's got all his memories and everything. He remembers everything. And I'm like, so he's just an idiot. <laughs> you know, I hated that. I hated that. He, he had, how can he do that, sacrifice himself, and remember everything, and act like a baby, and he's growing up? It did not work for me. I hated it. Hated it. And then last week, James Gunn tweeted, he doesn't remember anything. And I think that's someone just talking out of yeah, turn. Yeah. So he didn't know what he was talking about. And he said, he doesn't remember anything. So the way I equivalize it in my mind, Groot died in the first one. Right. He sacrificed himself for them. And in this movie, this is like, feels like, I mean, it's him. It's a part of him. But I think it's more of like a son. And they finally, you know, they talk about family, but now they are a family. And they're raising this childlike creature that everybody loves. And in that first scene, yeah, it's dancing and around and everything. But what's happening? Everybody is checking in on him. Everybody is, you know, get, don't do that. Or, you know, watch out. You're going to get hurt. And meanwhile, he's dancing, but he's also like super vicious and, you know, will chase these little things around or cut somebody's toe off or, you know, he's just like, (laughs) it'll just heighten. This was, I love that family dynamic and it was all through this movie. So I thought it was even better than the first one. So it would, I mean, I'm hard pressed not to say this is my favorite superhero movie ever. Because, I mean, I well, still, I still, you know, like, I love the Captain America stuff, Civil War and all that, but this was, this made me, like, emotional to watch. Captain America needs a baby, and then, then right. it's right. to be on board. Yeah. All you gotta do is bring in Nomad and his little Bucky. <laughs> I remember the comic book series. Yeah, this, this one definitely, it, it runs you through the gamut of a lot of different emotions. Um, You're just up and down through the whole thing. I mean, in the first movie, Groot is the big, strong character. I'm like, I I seriously love to look at it like he died. And I mean, Rocket's on his shoulder in that movie, and they're buddies. And Rocket lost his friend in that movie, and now Groot's on his shoulder. And, you know, Rocket's just a mess by the end of this movie, you know. Well, I I was a little bit, I almost didn't like when he was shutting the door. He's like, I can't lose any more friends. And stuff, leaving Peter out there I was like, what the heck? I can't believe he's going to do that. But then, I mean, it just set up the moment you, you knew when they gave him the, the, gave Yondo the uh, suit and, and the breather or whatever. You're like, this, he's going to have to give that to Peter. I was like, that was great. Just all, all that. I thought it was so well written and acted out. And, and I think that I should, if I was a super, had a superpower, I happen to be a excellent whistler. <laughs> I want that <laughs> stabby thing. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm yeah, uh, I 
the three things I that really didn't work for me in the first one. Again, I'm not bashing the first one. I, I think it was in my top five, too. Like, it's a right. great movie. But there were three things I didn't like about it. And one was Ronan. Yeah. Just that generic Marvel yep, villain. Right, yep. And Kurt Russell was ten times the oh. villain Ronan was. Oh, man. So, Kurt Russell was so great. So wow. we have upped that. Yes. The other was Nebula in the first one. I just didn't feel any sort of the whole sister thing, her motivation, the Thanos connection. Like, there wasn't much to it. And there wasn't a ton more in this one, but it did feel like you got something more. But her whole monologue of pieces getting repeat, like replaced yeah, on that, her. That like one that. scene is more than we got in the whole first yeah. movie about Nebula. And the third thing was Yondu. I, him in the first movie, I just didn't like. I thought it was silly. You know, I, I like yeah. that actor, but it was just, what are you doing with the, he's chewing every scene he's in. You know, you're kidnapping the kid and you're gonna eat him, but you're not, like, that first movie just, Yondu was so out of place for me. Yeah. And this movie not only fixed that and made Yondu great, it fixed the first movie retroactively. That's, I showing wonder, his motivation. I wonder, did he have, did James Gunn have this all in mind? Because you're right, it fixes the first movie. Yeah. And I, I thought Yondu, his character arc in this one was, was just great. And I, part of me is, I, I, I want to give James Gunn a ton of credit because, you know, th- we're in the studio system, this Marvel studio, it's a big machine. Like, these movies are singularly James Gunn. You know, the, you know, Avengers, Joss Whedon helped write the screenplay and there was some Whedonism quip type things, but like, all those characters were invented in other movies before Joss ever got his hands on them. And every other thing, it's written by three or four guys, and there's a bunch of producers and another director, and we move from person to person. Like, James Gunn invented this from whole cloth. Yeah. These are all his characters. He wrote, directed now for two movies, into three we're gonna get. So, I, he, he seems to be the driving force behind all this, and I like that, you know, auteur filmmaking we're getting in this big studio system. It's, 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 I think it's rare and I don't know if we'll, there will be any other franchise they let just one guy or girl do whatever they want with. Right. Well, just like the gold people, I, I was reading an article about the whole video game sequence of how it matched up to the sounds and like <laughs> how the enemy ships came down to, to, to uh, towards your ship. Like it was referencing. Do you remember? Did you see what video game was like? I assume like Gallagher or something. But the yeah. the obvious '80s video game arcade sounds when that was happening just made. I loved that. Yeah, and I loved the gold people, and I loved the way they had the ability <laughs> to have this big war, and nobody gets <laughs> gets Metropolis yeah. because they're just playing a game to yeah. them. You know, it's just yeah. like, and they're so like elite. They don't even fight. Really, they right. don't do anything. I was like, I love. They, they I even love said that. like at the end where she's like trying to fight them, and like they're all gathered around, just like you yeah, would back like in the day. Yeah, it's exactly arcade. like they're standing yeah, at. That's what I thought of too. Oh, it was that was so well done. The whole movie was good. Let's um, with the with the gold people. That's what I was talking to Jordan, like because I knew some of the history of the original Guardians of the Galaxy, which they paid homage right, to yeah. a couple times on this. But like with the whole gold people, I thought that was going to be the universal church order of mm. truth or something yeah, like that, universal truth, truth which truth. they couldn't 
for political and religious reasons, they didn't go, come out and say that, but that's obvious who they were. So did you see the warlock thing coming? Because I said I yeah. felt dumb. Yeah, I, I, I knew it. Just from, well, we don't have the soul gem yet. I mean, that's yeah. where the soul gem supposedly would be. That's who he's got it in his head. I thought Vision. Had no, he's soul got the uh, mind stone. Mind stone. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we have a race of yellow people with skin who look like Adam Warlock. And, like, and then when the cocoon shows up, I was like, ooh, Adam Warlock! So I, yeah, I was not on my game, my fanboy game right then. Yeah, I think we got the Space Stone was in the Tesseract, and then Thor took it to Asgard. Where these are all are now, I don't know. A reality Stone was in Dark World, and he gave it to the, it was given to the Collector, but then his place got blown up. Um, and Guardian, so not sure where it's at. And the Power Stone was the orb in Guardians, the first one gave to the Nova Corps. The Mind Stone was in Loki's Scepter, and it's now in Vision's head. And the Time Stone is in the Eye of Agamotto. Mm-hmm. So we're waiting on the Soul Stone, mm-hmm. and it's the only one we haven't seen, and I just assume it. I mean, that was, always, that was Ragnarok? always connected to, War, to Adam Warlock, I thought, so. Yeah. We'll see. Who knows? So what do we have? What? The Avengers movie comes out next May. So what's between now and then? Just Thor? Yeah. Yeah. So that's probably not going to build I too would. much. So we're almost there yeah. to the Infinity. Well, I imagine there's going to be some connection uh, with Thor Ragnarok and, and Guardians. Just the simple fact that Jeff Goldblum was in the in the credits as the game, the Grand Master. Right. And you could easily see anybody, one of these Ravagers or somebody, being at that mm-hmm. planet, you know. So yeah, I'm excited for that movie. I was, I was, re- I got really got into this movie. The more I, you know, thought about it afterwards, I liked it even more. Oh, I loved I, it. I instantly later. was uh, when I left there. I was like, it's better than the first one. And I and I definitely, as the week has went on, I still feel that way. I've you know, yeah, I, I love. I just loved the. I, there was some. There was some, the only negative things I would think, and I don't, I don't really know that it's a negative as much as it just made it easy. The stuff with Nebula, it's like there was almost no, I mean, yeah, they fought and stuff, but it was like, it was so easy. They fought, there's, oh, the misunderstanding. Uh, I didn't realize you felt that way. <laughs> now you're a part of the Guardians of the Galaxy, basically. Yeah. You know, I was just like, wow, that was really t- cleaned up real quick. And, and when they went to go to, you know, with ego to his home and stuff. Everybody's just chilling. It's like, we knew for a long time in that movie that he was going to be the bad guy because everything's just fine and great. And you know, Peter's all happy. He found his dad. I'm like, okay, this is like this huge shoe that we're waiting to drop. You know, I think my, my biggest negative, and I don't even know if it's a negative because you know, we've got more to the story, but like they weren't really a team in this one. You know, Peter was off doing his own thing. Gamora was off with Nebula. They were a dysfunctional family. The, the right. sis, yeah, the sisters were off. Uh, or Drax was off with Mantis. Rocket was off in the woods with the ship. Like they, they were all kind of broken apart. Yeah, and there wasn't that nice team. You know, mm-hmm. like the bickering. Yeah. Or you know that scene yeah. where they're that's it's not a plan. You know that's you know that that bickering between them all is what really made it for me. So. I, I'm sure they're all going to come together again for the next movie, but right. yeah, I don't know. It seemed dictated by story that they weren't like that, you know, they, like they didn't get to be that. They're like he's saying they were had this is a dysfunctional time they're going through. Yeah. Well, and you didn't. Want, I don't think. I think they Marvel tries anymore to 
not make exactly the same movie in the sequel. Yeah. So they, you know, well, let's do something a little different. But I will yeah. say, like out of all the Marvel movies, now that Disney owns Marvel, this was probably the most Disney referenced Marvel movie yet. There was at least three or four times where I was like, Disney, Disney, Disney. I think of one. Yeah. What were the other ones? Same. I don't know. Same. They were in there. <laughs> just, just trust don't me. Don't call him out on it. <laughs> that was, was my biggest laugh in the movie, I'm oh, sure. Oh, the internet ran away with that. That was yeah. so great. Yeah. And, uh, and, and uh, the, the tape scene. Those were my two biggest uh, And biggest I love that even as much as they showed in the trailers, they weren't spoiled. Like, that could have been easily something. That would have been something they a normal oh. studio would have jammed in that first trailer. Mm, that was so good. And, and it would have been on TV every you know, half hour. Yeah, I was so. I was so like Jordan was saying, they so made Yondo perfect. Like they so fixed everything about him mm-hmm. and made like I love Michael Rooker anyway, but that would just like I love that character. Yeah, yeah if he had died in the first movie, I nobody would, wouldn't have admit anything. Right. This is so well. And done. did you guys know who played Martin X in that? Do you guys know which character Martin X is? Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Do we need to like kind of like people may yeah. be lost of what that whole. The, side thing was the, well the Ravengers throw a lot of things off because it's evidently some giant pirate organization right, yeah. but they keep referencing the original team which is the original Guardians of the Galaxy so Sylvester right. Stallone which they like the Jim Valentino era yeah, of early 90s early 90s um, he's supposed to be Starhawk which in the movie they call him something similar to it but it's not Starhawk okay. it's like Star R or whatever um, but there's Probably a, just cause he brother can't talk. But there's a diamond guy. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> there's a diamond guy with him oh, that it. is Martin X, which in the Guardians of the Galaxy, in the original 90s comic book, it was in the 31st century, something like that. And what it was was humans have been sent to every planet in our solar system and they were bio and genetically engineered to live on that planet to its own uh, ecological system. So, like, the Martinex, they were from maybe Venus or something like that. So they were diamond people. And so that was the diamond guy that was next to Sylvester Stallone that was played by the guy that played Lex Luthor on Smallville. Um, Michael Rosenbaum? Yeah. Um, and then in the, you also saw Charlie 27, which was the big black dude. Um, I forget his name. Ving also. Rames, Ving yeah, Rames. Ving Rames. That's Charlie 27. Uh, there was also, um, who was Miley Cyrus? Miley Cyrus. She was in there somewhere. Yeah. She was one of those people okay. in that scene. Well, there was a girl like that was in green at the end. They referenced pretty much all the characters. There was a girl in the green at the end that was Nikita, which is like a fire, um, like she, her hair is on fire in the comic, I think. Um, and there's, <laughs> There's another character in there that they reference that is the Sorcerer Supreme in the future that Stephen Strange trains to be the new Sorcerer Supreme. And so, do we think any of these characters have any importance for the future, or was it just was it just a like overlong Easter egg? Well, they all. I could see them showing up in Guardians of the Galaxy three. That's about it. Well, their team's back together now. Well, I mean, I could see. 
Like, it seems weird that Ving Rhames would just be there for that scene. Yeah, I, and if yeah. you don't know, even like comic fans don't recognize these. I could name maybe two of them. I was like, oh, the, the Charlie yeah. 27 and the one guy. Like, yeah. I didn't even know who these people were. It's like so. a combination of a bunch of Easter eggs, which is great. But these, these, it just seems odd to have someone like Ving Rhames and not think you're going to see him again. Yeah. Well, um, and Sylvester Sloan, I could easily see him being the next one too. It sure made that Ravager funeral scene great though. I mean, it, it get just There was them. so much color in the, the, the monster they fought at the beginning was puking rainbows. <laughs> that, I mean, it's like, it was so good. And we don't need to knock DC either because we've complained about Marvel. What? Just DC because we've said Marvel has a very well, uniform look. Everything's gray. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Like, I will say Wonder Woman's going to be awesome, even though I'm not DC going that far. Just promo- relax. <laughs> even though DC is not promoting it, like idiots. Like I think it's going to. How are they not promoting it? It's they're not. They waited until Guardians is over, and now well, they're doing it because of um. Oh, it was a waste of time to bother until now. now because of that promoting. one movie that bombed here recently. Looks um, like your hair's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I wear a hat every day. It's going gone. Uh, oh, crap. He plays Black Widow. Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> she was in the Swedish. Nikita. Bi- <laughs> no, <laughs> the Scarlett anime Johansson. movie. Uh, Ghost in the Shell. Ghost in the Shell. They're saying because that did so poorly, DC was worried so they weren't hyping Wonder Woman. That sounds just stupid enough to be true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like Jordan was saying, yes, like the the Captain America movies and stuff are very clinical Cold looking and, yeah. Yeah. and visually and production design wise and color wise, mm-hmm. like these movies are in for the comic book genre, like a head and shoulders above just right. about everybody else. Yeah. So did anyone else see it in three D? No. Nope. no. Okay, I saw in 3D the opening scene, them fighting the monster. That was the only thing to me that made it worth it at all. Did it do? I got. I just got asked this because every 3D movie, like the reason I don't watch them, is because I want bright and colorful, and it washes it out. It makes- didn't on this for some reason. It did not dull. It. Like to me, I like. I mean, I should probably go back and watch it regular, but. It still was extremely colorful and bright throughout right, the whole well, movie. If anything was going to be, but usually it just darkens everything, yeah. and I, I don't like that. Okay, so we're that's it. That's what you get. That's what we yep. thought of Guardians of the Galaxy. We thought it was great. Two fins up. Um, From 1970 Kurt Russell to the <laughs> Ravager funeral, the whole thing is great. Right. So two, two severed toes up. Now let's, <laughs> let's not forget another appearance of Howard the Duck. Yeah, yeah. And we find out that Stanley was not the watcher. He was just watching. <laughs> he was watching who, with the watcher. Who, who watches the watcher? Well, because wa- <laughs> well, because in that scene, the watchers are walking off, and he's right. like, "How am I going to get home?" Like he doesn't yeah. change or anything, so he wasn't a watcher. Yeah, that was the spoiler I had heard. Like con- long time fan theory that right. Stanley is a watcher. Right. It's like it's confirmed, so I assume that was what it was going to be, Their but not really. Agent. Yeah. So. uh Come back next week, and we're going to do one of our top ten lists. We're not going to tell you what it is. Woohoo! All right, that's it. Sign us off. Play us out, Sam. As always, I'm Sam (laughs) (laughs) himself. Apparently, says play us out, Sam, and he's like, "Wait a minute, I'm Sam." (laughs) I am the illustrious, most awesomeness, Michael K. Easton. 
I will not eat them, Sam. I am. Damn it, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> I'm Jordan Lowe. I am Sam. I'm Greek. <laughs> Bye forever. In these times of hardship, just remember, we are Groot. Kapow! The Pop Culture Podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udownwithkpp.com.